Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. You know something? I, you know, we use the name Cyber Church because we are cyber, but, you know, church has become so defined by religious tradition. And man, you know what? I love local church. Don't get me wrong. I love local church. There's a lot of people today who are angry at the local church. And, and, and I get that. I understand how people got there because, you know, a, a lot of lo- local churches have gotten way off track. But you know, there's still a lot of great churches out there. But that's not even the point. The point is this. The word church comes from a Greek word, ekklesia, which it was the first, one of the first Greek words I ever learned. And it means the called out. It's, it's not so much about whether or not you're participating in a local congregation, per se. I hope you are. I hope there's a great place where you can go and worship and have fellowship and, and have friends because that's, that's so vitally important. But it's not so much about a local church. So much ministry happens in a local church, even though a local church... Uh, uh, the version of local church that has been most effective around the world has been local church that met in people's homes. In China today, it's still the fastest growing church in the world. It's all done underground in, and in homes. Now, that doesn't mean there's not a place for, for, you know, coming to go with congregations. It just means, you know, some churches are, 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 they, they're, they're looking around the corner and they're having home groups and small groups while they're having great worship and great teaching, you know, uh, when people come together. I, and I love that. You know, there are just so many positive ways ways that we can do it. It's not about having a right or a wrong way to have church. It's about just doing what works for your community. But the, the key is this. We are the church not because of the building that we worship in, not because of, uh, of some local group. We are the church because in our hearts we responded uh, when God called out to us. We are the called out of God. We are the body of Christ because we have surrendered our lives to Jesus as Lord, and we have been baptized into His body. And one of the whole reasons we have what we have online and do these things is because all over the world for the last uh, 40 years, People have wanted to know, when I'd go in and have meetings and go in and minister to people, people know, how can I keep hearing this? How can I get a steady diet of this? I, I don't want to lose what I'm getting. Thank God that the Internet was developed so that we were able to do this. You know something? Right now, if you're watching this for the first time or, or if you're a, a regular viewer, I want you to know the reason you're able to do this is because of our world changers. Our world changers are people who have had their lives radically transformed by what they learned and applied from this message, how they took this and connected to God in a personal relationship. And, and they want other people to connect with God and have these wonderful experiences, have this wonderful journey with God. So they give and they make it possible for people like you to, to get this message 
even though you've never had the opportunity. You know something? If your life's being blessed, I encourage you to go to impactministries.com, go to the World Changer section, and consider becoming a world changer who financially helps us take this message to the ends of the earth. Because I'm going to tell you something. We are reaching and raising up one billion disciples around the world, and you can be a part of it. So, so you know what? We're, we're the church. We're the called out of God. And it doesn't matter where you are today, if you're in your living room or if you're in your kitchen or if you're doing this in a home group or if you're doing this in a, in a, in a church basement. It doesn't really matter where it is. What matters is that you have answered this call of God. You, you are following Him. You have made Jesus your Lord and you're making this journey. That's, that's, that's the important thing. Now remember, this is January and so we're, we're talking about, you know, a new year. Uh, a new you and a new life. And, you know, this time of year, people are ready to make decisions. This time of year, people have this tendency to evaluate what has gone on before in their life. And they've, and they've had to make some decisions. And we talked about it last week. You know, maybe up until now, life hasn't been what you want it to be. And, and if that's the case, then it's time for you to do something different. Not different from the Bible, not moving away from the Word of God. It's actually going more true to the Word of God. And so, if you, you know, if your life up to this point or, or just the last year or two hasn't been what you want it to be, you're ready to start fresh, you're ready to start over, then this month is, is going to be phenomenal for you and the material that we're going to offer you this month to help you make this journey is going to be phenomenal. Or you might be one of those people who you look back and you say, you say, you know what, really the last year has been pretty good, but I have this sense it's time to grow and expand. It's time to reach farther, maybe in my business, or it's time to take my relationships to a whole new level. And so you're wanting to start over, not because of something going wrong, but just because you're ready to go farther, deeper, wider, broader, that sort of thing. Or you may just be one of those people who says, you know what, things have been good, but I can tell the world around me is changing. And by the world around you, you may mean your, your, your children are growing up, you're at a different stage of your life, you and your spouse are, are, are changing and going through changes, and you're realizing, you know something, it, it, I need to start over, not because what I've done to this point hasn't worked, but because the reason it works for me is I'm always sensitive to when it's time to grow, when it's time to change, when it's time to take new steps. So, so you know, we talked to you last week about starting over and, and, and just wiping the slate clean and starting over in the things of God. Now, <clears throat> this week we're going to be talking to you about the keys to the kingdom because last week we touched on this fact that the kingdom of God is a realm that we enter into. And the Bible says that the kingdom of God, first and foremost, is a realm that exists in your own heart. And we talked about the fact that, that when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, very likely this, uh, the, the Hebrews uh, that listened to this, they connected this to paradise. They connected this to when, when man was surrendered to the rule of God. Because if you're part of a kingdom, there's a king. And you know, today we're living at a time when people want the benefits of the kingdom living, but they don't want to be surrendered to the king. You know, I get calls all the time from people who just say, my life is not working. Things are not going right. Now, you know, the traditional answer that the church would give them, well, maybe you need to see if you're in sin. And, and, you know, people just lose their minds if you say that. But, you know, remember, you know, sin is when you see, perceive, or participate in anything that's less than the glory of God, that's less than the best that God has. So, 
So, you know, I wouldn't use the, the term sin, but I would use the term, are you surrendered to Jesus as Lord? Are you changing your worldview? Are you changing the way you view yourself? Are you changing the way you relate to life to align and harmonize itself with the teachings of the Lord Jesus? If you're not following the teachings of the Lord Jesus as much as you know how at this point, and if, or if you're not intending to follow the teachings of Jesus, then He's not your Lord. You can't have kingdom living. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Doesn't, it doesn't even mean you're, you're not saved. Uh, per se. It just means that if you're going to be in this kingdom and you're going to participate in the kingdom realm and the kingdom resources, you've got to be surrendered to the king. And that's not earning it. You're not, it doesn't mean you're earning something. It's, it's, you know, it's just as simple as this. I have six kids and, you know, I, I recounted my grandkids the other day. I have 17 grandkids. You know, I always say 14, but I just stopped counting back a few years ago. So I've got 17 grandkids. And I've got, uh, uh, you know, one great granddaughter. And so, man, I got this, I, I, you know, I got this pile of kids out here. Well, the truth is, you know, Brenda and I love them all the same. But so much of what benefits any of those children or grandchildren happens through the relationship we have with them. You know, when you see them and you talk to them and, and you're interacting with their life, there's ways that you can be a blessing and a benefit that you can't be if you never hear from them, if you're not in relationship to them. Well, that's kind of the way we are with God. There's a lot of people that, that are not in relationship with God. They're, it's not a love relationship. They, you know, they're, they're trying to convince themselves that because God loves them, it makes everything automatically all right. Well, that's good, but participation in the kingdom is a two-way thing. Because in this kingdom, we're in this kingdom realm where there is a king and we surrender to him and we connect to him and we yield to him and we open up to him. Now, in order to, in order to really take your life to the highest dimension that you could possibly take it, uh, there is one aspect of kingdom living that we, we've got to come to grips with. See, most of what we have been taught about the kingdom of God or about the will of God is that God is the one that is responsible to make that happen in our life. And so, in truth, the way we have been taught to pray, the way we've been taught to operate faith, is really us waiting on God to do something that, number one, He's already done through the Lord Jesus, and number two, He has clearly stated that it is our responsibility to do, not his responsibility. By the way, listen, if you enjoy these messages and they're a blessing to you, just take a second right now and hit that like button because if you hit that like button, this means more people are going to have opportunity to see this message, more people are going to get help. And so you can be an internet evangelist with me by liking and subscribing to this. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, take a few minutes and go to YouTube and, and, and like this. It's going to, again, help us help people. And that's, that's what we're here to do. Now, <clears throat> in this kingdom realm, remember, this kingdom realm is, is, is where we have the capacity. And it, it's not an earned thing. It's, not, it's like, not like I'm earning the right, but because of our heart, the, the heartfelt connection that we have to God, our trust for who He is, and our trust for what He has done through the Lord Jesus means that we now have access to all of these incredible resources. And so these resources... Uh, the access to these resources was given to us when we became the called out. In other words, when we answered the call of God from our own hearts 
to trust and believe on the Lord Jesus. When we, when we believed on Him and confessed Him as Lord and we were baptized into the body of Christ, it means that we now have access to everything to which Jesus has access. In other words, it's, it's, not, as, it's not as individualized as we have been taught. You know, God made a covenant with Jesus. Jesus is the heir of the kingdom. But because we are in Him, we are joint heirs with Him. So this means that everything that He died and conquered death and hell to give us, uh, He gave to us that legal right, that legal authority, because He had received it. But it is now up to us to actuate that into our lives. And so in Matthew 16, Jesus uh, uh, is coming into the region of Caesarea Philippi. And, you know, this is one of these regions where there was all kinds of weird religions. And this is, this is a place where, where actually many people believed the gates of hell existed in, in, this, in a certain part of this region. I'm not going to go into all that. That would just take, it's interesting, but it would just take too long. And so when he comes to this area, he asks his disciples, who do men say that I am? Or who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Which is a whole interesting factor there. So he says, uh, 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 some say, they answered, that, that some say uh, that uh, you're John the Baptist, you know, who had come back after being beheaded. Or some say that you're Elijah and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He says, okay, who do you say that I am? Now, the people in that region, they had religious beliefs about uh, about who Jesus would be, uh, not because they believed he was the Son of God. They didn't believe his miracles were because he was who he said he was. They, they identified him with other people and other religious beliefs that they had. So the, the key then is for Jesus is, okay, well, well, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, who is just the most impulsive one in the group, uh, you know, Simon's one of those guys, his impulsiveness gets him in trouble as often as it puts him in a miraculous situation to experience something pretty incredible. So Simon answers and says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, Petros, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so... And so Jesus is saying that based on a revelation that he was the Christ and, and him being the Christ means that he, he is, he is God with us. He is Emmanuel. He is, um, the perfect expression of God. He is the one who fulfills all the prophecies of the Messiah coming. And so you got to realize you know, when these guys talked about their belief in Jesus, it was not a shallow belief like we promote here in this Gentile Western world who, uh, with people who don't know the Bible, don't know the Word of God. You gotta realize these guys knew the Word of God. And so when, when they talked about believing on Him, they were saying they believed on Him as the Scripture said. Not just a general belief, not just, uh, yeah, He's my version of what the Messiah looks like. We believe that He is who the Scripture talked about. And I'll tell you something, if you don't know the Scriptures that tell you who Jesus is, if you don't understand 
understand the fulfillment of all of the sacrifices and the prophecies, then, then yeah, you might be saved, but the honest truth is you're probably not going to connect to many of the benefits and resources that you have because you're not going to know they're yours. You're not going to know what the Scripture says about those things. So they acknowledge that he was who he said he was. They acknowledge that he was the, the Christ. They acknowledge that he was God with us. And so, so here's what he says. He says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want to just stop right now because right now there is a popular teaching that's, that has, has been going around for the last several years. And, and the teaching kind of says this. It says, it says this was something that, you know, a rabbi would say to a, a younger rabbi that he was training and basically was saying, all right, you've gotten far enough along in your doctrine. Now, now you go preach your version of this. That is not at all what this means. And that's not at all what it meant to the rabbi world. You know, a rabbi who once he had completed his mentorship, it didn't mean that he would go preach his own thing. It meant that, that he had accepted the teaching of his teacher and that based on that, he could be trusted, yes, to bring aspects of it, uh, but not depart from it. This was not a license for people just to go suddenly start coming up with their own revelation of God. And it's a shame that that's being taught. And what's the worst shame is that people believe it. Jesus goes on to explain what the keys of the kingdom are. Now remember, the keys of the kingdom open and close doors. And, you know, all through prophetic history, you know, entering through a door is like entering into another realm. It's like, it's like seeing a new uh, insight, having a new revelation about something. And, and so, he said, I'm, I'm going to give you some keys that are going to open some doors in your life. Now, wherever you are, however your life is limited right now, whether your life is limited because it hasn't been what you want it to be, and you're intending that this year you're going to turn it around. And you can, I'm telling you, you make the intention, you have the intention, and you follow it through by application, by doing those things that influence the beliefs of your heart. And I got news for you. A year from now, your life is not going to look the same. You know, I can remember when I was 30 years old. Now, you know, the honest truth is I'd really had a, a good walk with God. I, I'd had uh, success to to some levels, some, some pretty decent levels in ministry. You know, I'd start at churches and, uh, I'd had, you know, I'd already been having my own independent meetings and, and, and there were some things that, that were great. And, but there were some things that were not great. And there, there were some things that, that, that I was struggling with. And there were some, you know, there were some ways. Actually, many of you have heard me, you know, tell this. When I was, when I was 30 years old, I actually left the ministry for a year. Now, I didn't want to backslide. I didn't want to go back, you know, start taking drugs and all that kind of stuff. I was just sick of everything that I was taught that ministry was. And, you know, and, and, and by the way, if you want to, if you want to get your head tuned into that, check out my book, Leadership That Builds People. And I, and I'll tell you something. It will change the way you see and understand ministry. And it will get you out of codependent ministry. It'll get you out of that place where you're doing things for people that you should not be doing. You're, and, and most of what all of us were taught about ministry or what we've had modeled to us is pretty unhealthy, pretty codependent. Now, I got news for you. I just, I, I, I just, 
couldn't have it. I was going. I was going. To, I kept on winning people to Jesus. I had home Bible studies to to you know to raise up disciples and to minister to people. But I didn't, I didn't have any interest in ever being in the pulpit officially again. None. None whatsoever. Um, but during that year, I made some decisions about changes that I wanted to see come in my life. Now, let me, let me say this. Most of the time when we start thinking about changes, we start thinking about what needs to change in our outer world, what needs to change in our circumstances. Now, now you got to get this. This is a little insulting, even, when you, even if you're just saying it to yourself. If you, if you get a new opportunity, and in that opportunity, you're the same person you've always been, you will mess up that opportunity just like you have all the others that come to you. Because the common denominator and every factor in our life is us. We are the one constant that is always present in every situation. And we're just convinced if the right opportunity. You, you guys have heard me talk about this. I don't even remember the stats correctly now. But, you know, the average person that wins a lottery, the average person, you know, that receives a big windfall inheritance out of nowhere, you know, they're, they're broke in nearly no time at all. Why? Because they are the same person in that new situation. You know, that's why, uh, and, and uh, that's why people go on diets and, and as soon as they lose the weight, then immediately they, they start gaining weight again. You know, I saw a, a lady that I knew on Facebook uh, uh, just yesterday, and she was saying, I've gained back 50 of the 60 pounds that I've lost, and I made up my mind, you know, no more eating this, no more eating that, no more. And you know something? That's great. But as long as your diet is just about changing what you eat, then all that's ever going to happen is you're going to lose the weight, and because you're still the same person, then you're going to gain the weight. You're going to lose the weight. You're going to, it's the same way with money. You're going, to, you're going to get out of debt. I tell you what, I, there, there's, there's a young man I know that I counseled years ago that filed bankruptcy when he was probably 20 years old. And, <clears throat> you know, he, all he wanted was an opportunity for a new start. He got a new start, started his own business, well, you know what? It wasn't long until he had IRS debt, penalties, levies, interest. He had to go bankrupt again. And so, you know, he gets past that. And then some more years go by. Here he is today, just teetering on the verge of financial destruction again. And you would just think, why don't people learn their lessons? You know what? It's not about people learning their lessons. It's about who you are in your heart, how you see yourself, how you see life, how you see God. And so no matter what miraculous changes come in your world, if you are still the same person that you are today, when those external changes come your way, you're going to mess them up some way you mess up everything else. You see, the kingdom of God is a realm that exists in your heart. It exists internally. And so the changes that are going to come about externally in your world because of your beliefs, and remember, beliefs of the heart. When the beliefs of the heart change, which means you change what you believe about life, you change what you believe about God, you change what you believe about you, you change 
uh, even how you're trying to apply truth and this sort of thing. When the change happens in your heart because of your beliefs and you're aligning those beliefs with the eternal God. You know, just stop and think about that. It, God never changes. This means His morals, values, and ethics never go out of date. They are not situational. They are not uh, relative. They are absolute. And so once you align your beliefs with the truth of the eternal God, then you're going to be stable for life in that area. And so Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And see, our first thought is he's talking about something that's going to change out here. But the real truth is, this is something that starts in your heart because the kingdom starts in your heart. And because of what you believe in your heart, and here's, here's the keys, here's what the keys of the kingdom are. It's really the authority to bind and loose. And we're not, you know, we're not going into that today. We don't have enough time. It's the authority to bind and loose. And he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Those are the keys of the kingdom. Now, I just want to take a few minutes here and just share. You know, this month I've got an incredible offer for you. I have completely rewritten the prayer organizer so that it will... Uh, more perfectly aligned with exactly what you're doing in establishing the kingdom of God, the perfect will of God in your life. And I have retaught the series. And um, we're going to offer that as a package this month at an incredibly special price, which they'll show on the screen in just a minute. And right now, I'm just calling it, I'm calling it the, the keys to the kingdom or the kingdom package because I'm going to give you the tools and the resources here and help you uh, get your life on a pattern of transformation so that you are changing what's happening in your own heart so that when you use your authority, which comes out of your own heart, and change circumstances around you, you will step into that as a new person, which means you can sustain that transformation. You can change those differences. You know, most of my life, I made, I always made money. You know, that, that was just a wild thing, but I was, I was always broke. You know, in 196, you know, I started my first business as a band in about 64. My very first professional gig. We were a horrible, I was a horrible musician, but I made about a hundred bucks in 1964. You know, that was two weeks pay for most people back in those days. And that was a uh, one night for me. And I always made money in the music industry. Later on in 1968, I was making as much or more money than, than some of the top engineers out here on Redstone Arsenal where I live. I mean, I made money, but you know what? I was always broke. Why? Because as long as I was the same person, I was going to keep managing that money the same way. I was going to keep making erratic purchases, trusting people, loaning people money, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But you know something? When I changed who I was inside, the honest truth is I can't even see myself broke. And the times that I have been broke, uh, in my heart I always knew this is going to pass because I know who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come out of this. That's, that's how I want to help you get in every single area of your life. So, so be sure and check this out. Uh, the keys to the kingdom package. 
And if you're not uh, watching this on YouTube, you can go, you can go to impactministries.com and you can look at the slider and get information about it. Or you can go to the store on impactministries.com and you can get these through download. Uh, you know, an MP3, if you're wanting to, to purchase a download, you can get these through CDs. Or you can do something else that's going to be incredibly valuable to so many of you. We have started a new aspect of ministry called Impact Unlimited at MoveYourBoundaries.com. And at Impact Unlimited, you can pay a monthly subscription fee, which is only pennies a day. And you can have access to this same teaching material, as well as access to all of my other series and new series that come out every month, and we're constantly upgrading it, constantly adding to it. I want to tell you something. There's never been a day that you could get product from Impact Ministries and invest in your life like you can today. Listen, take a few minutes and subscribe to this site, and I'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.